You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. sports.com network with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. It's starting, well, today anyway. Feels almost like a transition day from season to season. I know that's not exactly the case. After all, it is Still only August the 28th, so we still got plenty of hot ones. But I guess with some of this tropical weather, certainly Hurricane Laura doing her thing down there on the central Louisiana coast here in the last 48 hours or so, I guess we're getting some of the remnants of that, some of the uh, residual effects from Laura. Uh, so we'll continue to work through that. And as always, I'm joined on the program by... Executive producer Joe Gaither, who together we combine to form the 60 Minute Man of Sports Talk Radio. Joe, how you doing on this TGIF morning? Oh, I'm doing good, Travis. A little sleepy, but I'm doing good. We're on the precipice of the weekend, so we're right there. Yes, I love that word, precipice. You know, not probably used enough, but absolutely. Um, It's good sleeping weather, too, by the way. I mean, if you want to catch a nap. If you just wanted to stay in the scratcher all day long, this is the day, right? I mean, this is catch up with the sleep weather. But look, we got a lot of football to get to. We've got high school football on the local front tonight, I believe. The Falcons of Central set to visit our Jaguars of Northridge High School tonight. You've got a big one on the county level, county high school, Tuscaloosa County. Set to make the trip down 69, take on the Patriots of Hillcrest. That's a big one. The private school football, you've got ACA, I believe, set to head to Greensboro this evening. And Autog Academy. Can you tell me, can you give me the most famous football alum from Autog Academy? Anyone? Anyone? Couldn't even make a guess. Bueller? Bueller? How about O.J. Howard? Did you know that? O.J. Howard, proud Atauga Academy alum there in the Prattville area. And Atauga Academy will take on T.I., Tuscaloosa Academy, tonight. So there you go. Setting the table for you for some high school football action on the local front. Also here in Tuscaloosa, you've got the Alabama Crimson Tide set to return to the practice field today in advance of tomorrow's scrimmage. We're going to talk a lot about that with Charlie Potter coming up here in just a little bit. Charlie, of course, the outstanding beat reporter for us there at BamaOnline.com. Alabama off yesterday, and so we'll practice today. That one may be pushed inside the Hank Crisp Indoor facility with the weather we're looking at. Uh, either way, expected to scrimmage tomorrow. That's when you'll hear from Nick Saban again about mid-afternoon tomorrow. You'll hear from Nick Saban following that scrimmage. 
Uh, certainly a lot of other newsy type items on the college football front that we'll get to during today's program. And you're welcome to join us, by the way, at 205-342-9904. How about the Big Ten now? Yes. Big Ten keeps pushing that season up, right? Thought there for a minute, Big Ten wasn't going to play football to like March. Then it was, well, maybe we'll play in January. And we'll just play games at these NFL indoor stadiums like in Minneapolis or Detroit, what have you, Indianapolis. Well, now reports, multiple reports here in the last hour or so, the Big Ten now talking about a Thanksgiving weekend start. Citing more efficient COVID testing options that are also going to be a great deal cheaper. Uh, The Big Ten now talking about maybe Thanksgiving weekend jumping in there with the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12. And hey, if you're a fan of one of these three power five leagues still attempting to play this fall, you want the Big Ten working on its own plan. You know why? Because if the Big Ten is working toward trying to play football as early as Thanksgiving, it means the Big Ten doesn't have sort of this sinister plan that it's trying to enact to keep the SEC and the Big 12 and the ACC from playing football. Am I a little too paranoid on that front, you think, Joe? Am I a little too cynical? No, I think you're exactly right. The Big Ten might... uh, might actually, with uh, too much time on its hands, you know, without the possibility of football of any kind until the start of 2021, am I am I overreaching on that? Am I overthinking on that to think that the Big Ten would stoop to such a level as to try to take the legs out from under football and the three power fives and the group of fives that are still out there, even some FCS programs? as we're going to see here in this weekend with uh, Austin P and Central Arkansas set to tee it up on primetime tomorrow night on ESPN. Is that 2020 or what? <laughs> the first Saturday night primetime game of 2020 is Austin P and Central Arkansas. Let's go yeah, P. We, yeah, let's go P. Uh, we, we, we all had that one figured out, right? Back in January, we all saw that one coming. But uh, you know, if the hey, look, if the Big Ten's actively working towards a season that perhaps could start in late November again, if you're an SEC fan, Big Twelve, ACC, you're down. You're good for it because it it means that uh, the Big Ten is worried about itself and not maybe so much worried about uh, you know, hitting the old uh, trap door. For everyone else trying to play. 205-342-9904. You got some potential recruiting news on the horizon if you're an Alabama fan as well. Tim Keenan, the big nose tackle from Ramsey High School over in the Birmingham area. He is set to announce his commitment tomorrow on Saturday. What what's up with these? What's up with these Saturday and Sunday commitments, man? I guess it's just sort of pandemic recruiting. A lot of guys, especially in this Alabama class, popping on the weekends. And Tim Keenan set to make his announcement tomorrow. He has offers from Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Alban, and the Fighting Gators of the University of Florida. It's not just the Gators. It's the Fighting Gators of the University of Florida. So, We'll see what Tim Keenan has in store for those uh, finalists tomorrow. Alabama in the crystal ball department at 247sports.com. You've got two crystal ball predictions in for Tim Keenan, both from BOL staff members, our good friends, Hank South and Tim Watts. Both have crystal ball predictions in for the Alabama Crimson Tide and Tim Keenan. And I'll tell you. You think about the Saban era with defensive linemen from the Birmingham area, especially interior guys, right? Big dudes, nose tackle types. Marcel Darius, 
you can go to Josh Chapman of Hoover. Uh, you keep right on moving to Ron Payne, Quinnen Williams, DJ Dale, and now perhaps Tim Keenan. Yeah, been pretty uh, pretty fruitful to Alabama over there on the defensive line front. We'll see if Keenan adds to that group on Saturday. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. Man, I, again, we've talked about it a lot on the program and how no news is typically good news this time of year for college football teams. And brutal news for Georgia yesterday is Dominic Blaylock, the wide receiver, kick returner for the Dogs, another tear to that ACL which he initially injured against LSU back in December in the SEC championship game. And you talk about an area of the Georgia Bulldogs that really needs to pick it up. Uh, Lawrence Cager a year ago was the favorite target of Jake Fromm, the grad transfer from Miami. Uh, George Pickens, the Hoover product, really picked it up down the stretch. In fact, ended up being the MVP of the Sugar Bowl uh, went over Baylor for Georgia. So, you know, you've got Pickens to start with Demetrius Robertson. He's been more hype than production to this point. Robertson, a very coveted recruit years ago, coming out of the Savannah, Georgia area. You might recall Alabama was involved in that recruitment. Robertson, a five-star at the time, decided to head out to the Pac-12 in the West Coast initially before transferring back to Georgia. But just tough for Dominic Blaylock, who, by the way, son of Mookie Blaylock, former NBA point guard of some note. So those are some of the news items you hate to hear around college uh, football. And uh, we'll get into more of that as we move throughout the program as well. You also saw fall sports in the SEC altered somewhat in terms of scheduling. I mean, you really kind of had to. You're not going to have any fall NCAA championships. Um which affects men's and women's cross country, uh, women's soccer. When we're talking about Alabama specifically in the SEC uh, and women's volleyball. So the determination was made, though, to still keep those sports uh, playing in the fall. That was the announcement yesterday we heard from the SEC office. You've also got professional golf going on right now. The FedEx Cup playoffs up in the Chicago area at Olympia Fields Country Club. Did you catch any of that yesterday? Olympia Fields playing like a U.S. Open. I thought it was a little bit refreshing after seeing Dustin Johnson go pitch and putt up in Boston last week to the tune of 30 under. Humbling the boys a little bit yesterday, Olympia Fields. Justin Thomas leading the way for that Alabama contingent up there at the BMW Championship, second round of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Tough finish to the round yesterday for JT. Three straight bogeys, four bogeys in his final six holes, and he shoots a three over 73. You know, Michael Thompson held it together pretty well. Got off to a little bit of a uh, a rough start, but was still able to get it in at two over 72. Uh, Rough sledding for Robbie Shelton the third and final member of that Alabama crew up there in the Chicago area this week, Robbie Shelton with a five over 75. So Thompson and Shelton got some work to do today, tomorrow and Sunday. If either or both are going to make it to the tour championship next week in the Atlanta area, top 30 players, after this weekend, we'll advance to Atlanta for the Tour Championship. Justin Thomas, obviously, he's going to be in there as the uh, the number two guy on the points list. But, yeah, I mean, Thompson and Shelton. And, look, you saw Shelton do it last Sunday. You know, Shelton had to go low in Boston, and he comes with that 63. Goes six under in his last six holes last Sunday and makes the cut to 70. Uh, to the BMW Championship, but it's going to take probably more than one of those at this point for Robbie if he's going to move on. Still a great year. Really, really good year for Robbie Shelton. You've also got a couple of guys on the Corn Ferry Tour this weekend with Alabama ties, Davis Riley, Lee Hodges. They had a bit of a lightning delay there uh, in the Indianapolis area yesterday at the Corn Ferry Tour Championship. 
And so Hodges and Riley had to complete their rounds today, this morning, their first rounds. Uh, and they are now already into round two up there. You've got five former members of Mick Potter's Alabama women's golf team uh, playing in the Northwest Arkansas Championship on the LPGA Tour this weekend. How about that? Five. Five former Alabama players. Emma Talley, Lauren Stevenson, Kristen Gilman, uh, Stephanie Meadow, and Cheyenne Knight. What about that? That's pretty good when you got five playing in LPGA Tour events. So we've got a lot to get into this weekend. Looks like basketball, NBA playoffs are going to get back on track. Uh, baseball, you've seen the residual effects from the latest round of social unrest in our country. Uh, we'll see how that plays out through the weekend. The Braves coming off that sweep of the Philadelphia, excuse me, the New York Yankees a couple of nights ago, uh, off to Philadelphia for a weekend series. The Braves, first place Braves in the NL East at 18 and 12. Uh, make their way up to the city of brotherly love for the weekend. We'll see how the Braves do up there over the next couple of three days. We're going to head to our first break. When we come back, Charlie Potter of BamaOnline.com joins us. We're going to get into some nuts and bolts discussion about Alabama football with Charlie when Southern Fried Sports returns on a Friday presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Maintain the chance of showers and thunderstorms this afternoon and tonight. The chance of a few isolated tornadoes as the remnant circulation of Laura passes north of here. The high today, 83. Tonight's low, 74. Tomorrow, a few scattered showers around with a high at 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com. The show is always brought to you in part by Houston Hydrosteam, 205-553-9460. I'm telling you, folks, if you're tired of a lack of dependability, a lack of quality service when it comes to taking care of your needs around the home, around your commercial situation, give Houston Hydrosteam a call. 205-553-9460 between your carpet, your rugs, your tile, your grout, everything in your home, in your commercial space. They're going to take great care of you there. 205-553-9460, Houston Hydrosteam, quality work you can stand on. It's that time on Fridays when we like to head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line and check in with Charlie Potter, my colleague there at BamaOnline.com. Charlie does an outstanding job covering the Crimson Tide for us. Charlie, how are you doing on this Friday? I'm doing good, man. Um, you know, it was, it was pretty cool last night. I got to listen to some high school football uh, back at my alma mater. My, my nephew's actually on the varsity now, and he got a couple of plays in. They, they lost to uh, I saw that. To, to Madison County, yeah. but uh, it's always good to, to hear some football. It's probably the most sports I've actually listened to or, or watched this this week. I usually have the Braves game on as background noise, but uh, no, it's, it's always good to kind of hear and, and feel some high school football back. And uh, even though it was a loss, it's good to see him actually you know start to get on the field a little bit. Of course, Charlie Potter, a former did, did they have they retired your number yet? 
up there at Boaz, <laughs> Charlie, because I got to think it's not a matter of when with Charlie Potter. It's a matter. It's not a matter of if, excuse me. It's a matter of when, you know, we were talking about OJ Howard and his ties to Tog Academy earlier. Uh, I got to think it's pretty much the same thing with Charlie Potter at Boaz high school, right? Not yet. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like to think of myself as a uh, slightly above average high school football player. It probably wasn't even that. Um, hey, you ran that four six. You ran the four yeah, six. Yeah, I did. You told us I about wore six. Tenth grade through through twelfth grade. Um, yeah. you know, I, I played defensive back most of my career, and then uh, between junior and senior year, really got in the weight room, added some weight, and they moved me to outside linebacker and tight end, and that was a, a new frontier for me. That, was, that took some adjusting, <laughs> but now it, it was it was a good time. I, I, I love high school football. Um, it, it's just it's great, and it, it's cool to see my nephew who's bigger than me. He's going to play a lot more. Um, you know, he's he's going to have a lot of fun with that. I know he loves baseball, but it's good to see him out on the football field. There's nothing like Friday Night Lights, man. I mean, you you just can't describe it really to folks who didn't have that benefit of really experiencing. And look, student, whether you're in the band, a cheerleader, whatever. I mean, it's awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. But as a player. You know, and, and having played multiple sports growing up, you really, really can't beat it. Let's talk some Saturday football because this Alabama football team expected to return to the practice field. Been interesting. The last few days, Charlie, we've seen programs around the SEC, uh, you know, not practice, instead choosing to focus on social issues that continue to be uh, a big part of the the national landscape and storylines in our country. Um, We haven't really seen Alabama take that approach through any of this, but I know we heard from Alex Leatherwood here a couple of days ago, and he certainly had a poignant essay he authored uh, that was a big part of, you know, what, what Alabama chose to focus on in these times. And, so do you expect that to continue to be the sort of approach from, from Alabama, Nick Saban, Charlie? Yeah, it's it's usually pretty measured. Um, you know, I thought they did a great job with the video they put out earlier this summer. I think it was late June. Um, and, and it took some time. I know, you know, Alex was actually asked about uh, the Jacob Blake shooting. And, uh, of course, he had a, a great response. And he, he talked a lot about just the, the video they put together because he was the author of it. And, uh, you know, Alex is a smart kid. And, um, you know, he, of course, just said how they've discussed it. And, um, you know, they feel the same way they did a few months ago. And, um, you know, when they put out that video. So uh, I wouldn't you know, be surprised to see uh, something else maybe in the near future. Or, you know, even, you know, we're set to hear from Nick Saban uh, after tomorrow's scrimmage. I'm sure he'll probably have a, uh, something to say in his opening statement. Uh, I'd be shocked if he didn't. But, um, no, it's when it comes to Alabama and stuff like this, they're usually – uh, like I said, pretty measured about it, and uh, I know they've discussed it. They're they're pretty open and, and things like that with the players. They've been very big about uh, guest speakers, you know, this uh, this preseason, and a lot of them have been you know Af- African Americans and talking about the the things that they deal with. I know Condoleezza Rice spoke to the team. Um, you know, Tony Dungy you can go down the list, and uh, I'm sure that won't stop now. Talk about how that works, Charlie, internally to the best of your knowledge and our knowledge, really, in terms of situations like this one. There's a leadership council in place. Uh, there are voices that are respected within that locker room, obviously, on an annual basis. Um, what What's the process, sort of, in, in getting with Nick Saban and kind of uh, formulating how this team determines to go uh, from here? In, in situations like this, yeah, I think you know it's, it's not completely transparent, um, but I, I do think that Nick Saban's door is open, and he always listens to what the the players have to say. And just in terms of the the, the video, I, I know a little bit about that one, and um, it was filmed, I believe, a day prior to its release, which isn't that surprising, but. Um, Leatherwood and the the, um, the leadership council got together and and came about that and you see a lot of those 
those names, those those players you'd expect to be on that leadership council. Dylan Moses is in the video, uh, and then you know Leatherwood suggested players that he thinks should participate. So of course other African Americans. And so um, I think that Nick Saban, throughout his career, has done a good job of of listening to the players, especially when it comes to things like this. But there, you know, I, I know that racism uh, has existed and has always existed, but it's more relevant and more of a current event and social issue now. And um, I think that he and the coaching staff and you know, the, the people throughout that building have done a nice job of, of listening because that, you know, that's one of the best things that, that we can do as, as white people is just to listen and to understand, and to try to help and to raise awareness with that video. I think um, the last time I looked at it, which was, you know, when we talked to Alex the other day, um, it was nearing 2 million views on Twitter, and it had nearly a million on Facebook. That's a big reach. You know, Alabama football reaches a lot of people. And I think these players are aware of the platform they have, and you know they want to you know be vocal about it. Some take it to social media, and uh, you know I, I wouldn't be surprised again to see them try to do something and move forward with this latest incident. And in the midst of all of this, we still have a pandemic that is obviously impacting the University of Alabama campus. Uh, here locally, we are in the middle of a two-week bar band in the city of Tuscaloosa. What about the Alabama football team? You spoke to transparency, and really from that perspective, Nick Saban and the players apparently came to the decision that they would prefer not to really release information of any kind as it relates to COVID-19. Um, and so with that, we're left to sort of conjure up or come, you know, get together what we can find out. Uh, as far as how this team, just just from a broad overview, has perhaps been impacted since the start of preseason practices, would you say it's been uh, a large number? Would you say it's been a small number? Has it been kind of a shuffling situation as we've moved throughout six or seven practices? How how do you see Alabama right now as a football team sort of managing uh, this virus and, and trying to keep guys on the field? Yeah, I don't think it's been just a huge issue. You know, I think they've had uh, some incidents of positive tests, and that's to be expected. I mean, these guys are back on campus. Um, you know, they're going through practices. You know, they're, they're in a football practice, it's, it's tough to social distance. And then you, on top of that, you have classes. I know a lot of these guys are taking them online, but they still, you know, have a life outside the facility, even though Nick Saban has preached the importance of that personal bubble away from said facility. But it hasn't been a situation um, where they've ran into the same um, predicament as an LSU or an Oklahoma. We've seen just in the last week where, you know, Lincoln Riley and, and Coach O, they've, they've been dealing with, you know, entire position groups basically being wiped out uh, by this, whether those guys are, are positive or, you know, have been at high risk for the for the virus and, and been in quarantine. So that hasn't happened yet. That's good news. Um, and still you, you hear from the players. Um, you know, Leatherwood mentioned it. And several of the guys have talked about it, Patrick Sertan, just how they feel safe on campus and they feel safe in, in the protocols and the things that they're doing. So it, it seems like Alabama has had a, a solid plan. I think Alabama and really the whole SEC has. And so uh, I think that's why we haven't just seen anything be reported about a, a large cluster yet. I mean, it can, it can happen. You know, we've seen it all across the country and we've seen it on this campus. But, you know, as of right now, I think they've handled it pretty well. What are some of the things that uh, you're most interested in going into that scrimmage tomorrow? Is it sort of that forming secondary where you've got so many guys to replace, um, uh, I guess, the defense in general? But, uh, I mean, it, it's going to be impossible to to not think about the quarterback position. And as much as anything, because of some of the things we just talked about, at really any position, you could say this, who's available on a day-to-day, scrimmage-to-scrimmage basis? Yeah, there's there's several positions that I'm interested in, quarterback obviously being one of them. But you mentioned it with the secondary. I just think how that shakes out uh, is going to be you know pretty interesting because it sounds like there's a, a couple or, or maybe three or four guys in the mix there at star with Brian Branch, the true freshman, being one of them. I think they feel pretty good about you know, their two corners and Sertan and Job. And then at safety, we've seen battle and Daniel Wright be back there. 
I think DeMarco Helms is obviously in the mix there as well and can play some money. But you know what happens at the star and maybe just how they mix and match those safeties is, is interesting to me. Also, outside linebacker, we've continued to hear about Ben Davis and, and Christopher Allen being at the front of that line. But those young guys, you know, Will Anderson and, and Drew Sanders have really flashed. And so you know, what do they look like in their first scrimmage opportunity? Obviously, they're not going to be able to, to hit the quarterback, but they can get back there. Uh, we won't get any stats, but I think just, you know, what they're able to do uh, will, will be intriguing. And then, you know, what happens up from the offensive line? I know Nick Saban probably won't have very many comments on that. He's not very um, – he's not really looking at the offensive line during a scrimmage or a game, so that might be something for, for next week. But then, for me, I think receiver is, is pretty interesting. We know that Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle are the top two guys there, but then – what happens is that third spot, the fourth spot, uh, I think Slade Bolton and true freshman Javon Baker are names to watch there. John Mechie, obviously, in the mix. So just how that kind of shakes out from a pecking order and how those guys look in the scrimmage will be you know, one of the things I'm paying attention to. And with all the injuries this team has been through the last two or three years, I guess you yeah. you, you, you want to see Dylan Moses and Trey Sanders. I mean, these are guys that, you know, obviously can impact your football team significantly. First and foremost, you want them to get through it healthy, but get maybe a gauge for exactly where they're at in their returns from injury. Yeah, no doubt. And so far it sounds like all those guys have been 100%. Dylan Moses, uh, LeBron Ray, we've talked to both of them. And, uh, you know, they, they've they mentioned they're 100% healthy and ready to go. And that includes guys like Joshua McMillan, DJ Dale, um, you know, Trey Sanders is the guy that we've started to hear about uh, in preseason camp now that he's back healthy. Um, you know, even Will Reichard. I know kickers might be something that, that comes <laughs> up, um, you know, on Saturday whenever we get to talk to Saban. And uh, we haven't really heard much about Will Reichard so far. So, yeah, that's another one, just these injured guys and, and how they look in their first, you know, sort of game-like scenario. It's, it's obviously not going to be where they're, you know, hitting the quarterback or anything like that, but they're going to be live against everybody else. And uh, you know, Dylan Moses talked about how you know, it took him a little bit of time to get comfortable in that knee, but he's back to that point. And uh, having him back leading that defense, that, that'll be that'll be something I think Pete Golden feels pretty good about on Saturday. Absolutely. Well, Charlie, as always, great stuff with us here on Southern Fried Sports, and always great stuff at BamaOnline.com. You can also catch Charlie and myself quite frequently on that Bama Online podcast. Had a true or false edition of that podcast here in the last couple of days. You can find that at iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you consume podcasts. Hey, Charlie, thanks again, my friend. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. There he goes, Charlie Potter. If you haven't already, also, you can find Charlie on Twitter at Charlie underscore Potter, P-O-T-T-E-R. Kickers, man. Charlie mentioned it. Will Reichard coming back from that hip injury. It's tough, tough being a Alabama kicker these days. It's almost like the Gary Sharon era of Van Halen, you know? You're not Sammy Hagar. You're not Diamond Dave. Uh, you're thought of in terms of like uh, Gary Sharon. Yeah. We're going to step aside for a quick break and we come back. More of Southern Fried Sports on a Friday, presented by Peterbrook Chocolates here on Tide 100.9 FM, right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Regrets collect like all.
of a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. Thanks again to Charlie Potter, my colleague there at BamaOnline.com, talking some Alabama football in-depth with Charlie. I'm also going to tell you about Chase's residential and commercial cleaning. We talk a lot about dependability here on the program, and I can tell you firsthand, no one more dependable when you need that company, you need that service, whether it's residential and or commercial cleaning. Yashika Barnes, CEO and driving force of Chase's Residential and Commercial Cleaning, she is the call to make. 205-886-3616. Yashika not only does an outstanding job for you and her crew, Great, great folks, great people. Over 20 years of quality cleaning service. That's what you're getting with Chase's residential and commercial cleaning. 205-886-3616. Hey, did you see earlier today, UNC, University of North Carolina, according to Brett McMurphy of Stadium.com, UNC now at least for the start of the college football season, going to go with zero fans in attendance. And we've kind of been talking about that possibility in relation to the Southeastern Conference, with an emphasis right here on the Tuscaloosa area, following the announcement earlier in the week of the two-week bar ban in the wake of the spike of COVID-19 Cases we've seen here in the area, which of course coincided with an influx of folks returning to the area for the start of the fall semester. UNC has been about a week or so ahead of, say, UA in a lot of this. And so it just does make you wonder if perhaps that's where we're headed with the SEC, with Alabama. Of course, we know right now. The expectation is, what, 20-25% for capacity for SEC venues during the upcoming season. Now, UNC has left it as sort of a couple of games we'll go without fans and then we'll revisit and see if it's possible to start to then incorporate fans into home game attendance. And that's where e-ticketing really helps. And that's where the transition to that approach in the midst of a pandemic makes it possible, at least, to sort of change course as you move throughout the course of a season. You you can have that flexibility of pivoting and going to attendance of some kind, and you don't have to worry as much about the logistics of getting tickets printed, getting tickets in the hands of ticket holders. You know, it's all done electronically. So it'll be interesting to see, again, with the response we've seen right here locally to the spike in numbers, um, you know, where exactly we're at when September the 26th rolls around for the SEC in general. But obviously you got Texas A&M coming in here on October the 3rd and if, again, the influx of 30,000 people or so uh, spurred a response like we've seen here in the last week, what, what's the, what's the uh, scenario, the potential scenario of at least 30,000 people from outside the area coming to Tuscaloosa for a football game on October the 3rd? How does that make you feel if you're UA and or the city Tuscaloosa. Going to head to our final break. When we come back, it'll be time to check in with Pops on a Friday. We're going to talk with Pops about names and all-time games. Hope he got through that Bermuda. You know, he battles that Bermuda on Fridays down there in Northeast Florida. We'll see how he how he's done with that today and a whole lot more when Southern Fried Sports presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier returns on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. 
maintain the chance of showers and thunderstorms this afternoon and tonight. The chance of a few isolated tornadoes as the remnant circulation of Laura passes north of here. The high today, 83. Tonight's low, 74. Tomorrow, a few scattered showers around with a high at 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. We celebrate the 34th birthday of that woman right there today, Florence Welch, better known for her work with Florence and the Machine. If you ever get a chance to see Florence and the Machine do their thing, do it. Do it. Put on an outstanding show. They'll get you clapping, get you jumping a little bit, you know. We all could use that right about now. I'll tell you, somebody could probably use it right about now. It's Pops. Pops hey. could probably use a little pick-me-up. What about it, Pops? That, Florence and the Machine for you. She's got a terrific voice. Yeah. Sounds she brings really it. Good. Your uh, grandson good. and uh, myself have seen her really? in concert before. Yeah. I've never heard yeah. of her. I took her on that. I took Evan on that, you know, that wholesome camping trip known oh, yeah. as Bonnaroo Music Festival. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. so wholesome. Real right up wholesome. there with the Boy Scouts, you know. Mm-hmm. And we saw Florence and the Machine at a Bonnaroo a few years well, back. But I so mean, yeah. I, I, she sounds really good. Yeah, we're gonna get you one of her CDs or something. I, yeah, I, maybe you're yeah. still a, might have to get Pops an album. I think he might be more of a vinyl <laughs> guy. Yeah. You, you know what I listened to the other night on Axis? What'd you TV? listen to? The Rolling Stones in Cuba, when they did you their love, concert. You love that, that station, don't you? The Harvest Moon. Uh-huh. I watched the whole thing. Yeah. Those, those, those people in, in, down there were going nuts. Pops, do you have a man crush on Mick Jagger? Is that well, fair it, to it, say? It's not, well, I, I, I guess him and, him, and, him and my boy, you know. Uh, Keith. If you think I'm sexy. Uh, <laughs> Rod Stewart, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just get a kick out of these guys. <laughs> they, it doesn't embarrass them at all. You no, know? They're, it's called front men. They front can men. get up there yeah. and do it. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just don't have the nerve that they got, that's all. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've seen you kind of do your thing at some wedding reception. <laughs> I'd say it's sort of this hybrid pops of Rod Stewart and Mick Jagger. You know, yeah. That's kind of what you, yeah. you go with in terms of your dance style. Yeah. That's, that's the <laughs> I comparison I would make. I don't know what it is. Everybody makes fun of me, but I don't care. <laughs> no, you're, you're great. You're great. You, you take the party to another level. Put it that way. Oh, There's no Lord. doubt about it. When you hit the dance floor. Pops, have you battled that Bermuda this morning? You've been out yeah. battling the Bermuda? Yeah, I did actually. And I got it done this morning. I can't believe it. 
you guys feeling any of the effects over there on the Atlantic coast of no, this tropical no. weather we're having? Well, we, we were having afternoon thunderstorms every, you know, every day. But the last three days now, we haven't had any rain. So we, it's moved on through and, and done. Uh, but we were, we were, you know, no problem at all. I, I feel sorry for those people over there in the Gulf Coast. That, yeah. I mean, they take a beating. Oh, my goodness. From yeah. Texas to New Orleans. It's, it's, uh, Lake Charles this time yeah, really got yeah, it. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, Laura, we're getting some of the remnants here, Pops. We we got dumped on pretty good last night into today. So well, that's what I that's what I heard. The daughter about. of Mother Nature, Laura. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, it, I'm just something. glad you know because we're talking about 150 mile an hour winds coming through. I know. Yeah. Well, the storm surge and everything else. I mean, Gee, the flooding, Nettie. the potential for tornadoes. I think we've got yeah. some tornado warnings in the state right now. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it just seems like it, they happen more and more often. We've been real lucky here in Jacksonville. Somehow we've yeah. we've been able to dodge them, but uh, uh, I've, it's, it's been tough every year, it seems like, and, and they get more and more frequent. You uh, you guys managing the COVID all right? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It's uh, we're coming along. You know, it's 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 uh. It's been a long, a long summer. I'm, I'm glad yeah. all this is about over. Just, am I hoping the heat will break a little bit or something? Yeah. But uh, it sure seems like uh, longer than normal with all this going on. Went and got tested this morning, Pops. You did? I went and uh, Taylorville Family Medicine. I got to give them a shout out, Pops. They've got this. They've got this site set up for for testing really? here in Tuscaloosa. And if you got the Blue Cross Blue Shield Alabama, you know, they take that. Uh-huh. And Pops, it was like going through a, a, a dadgum Chick-fil-A or something. I mean, they had this thing <laughs> set up with two lanes. Yeah. Uh, they gave you the paperwork in advance while you were in line in right. the car. You never leave the car, you know. Okay. And you fill out the paperwork. By the time you get up there, someone comes up to the car. I felt like I needed to order like a COVID combo yeah. or something. <laughs> it was so much like Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And uh, right there in the car, they swab you. Yeah. And within an hour, they have your results. Within an no hour. Kidding. That's yeah. outstanding. Yeah. So props to those folks, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. And that's so why we need a, that testing. I got a clear test, so I was happy about that. That's real good. Yeah. That's real good. We worry about your youngest granddaughter up here, though, I, you know, and that sorority well, life and everything. I, I worry about her, too, because yeah. these, these, they're already having outbreaks all over the country. Yeah, and the word in the Greek scene in a lot of these towns, you know, the fraternity and sorority yeah. scene hadn't been real good in terms <laughs> of the numbers, Pops. Right, right. You know? it, it, it's It's... I, I don't know. I, I cross my fingers and hope for the best, but uh, it, it's it's real scary to me. It is. Mm-hmm. I, I don't worry about the kids so much, even though they yeah. are, you know. But uh, they 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 have no idea they've got it or they don't got it. And, and well, that's that's they, the thing that that I don't. You know, I I have people tell me about the colleges. Well, the you know the the kids are fine. They're going to be fine. Yeah. Well, you know that, that that that's not always the case. No, this perception that they're all asymptomatic, that yeah. none of them get sick. Well, I, I can tell you they get sick. I can well, tell you that firsthand. And but 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 okay, even if they're asymptomatic, what if they come in and out of my house? You know, and I'm 51 <laughs> years old. What happens to me? Nobody worries about that as much. You know. Well, that's the way I feel too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're living with it. We're like everybody else, right, Pops? Yeah. We're living yeah. with this crap. We're yeah. not hiding under our beds or in a closet. We're <laughs> living with it. But if you're trying to tell me you're not even cognizant uh, or aware of what's going on, well, then you're an uh, idiot. You're a moron. Uh, well, it's, you know? it's, uh, it's, it's, you're, you don't, your, your elevator doesn't stop on all floors, I can tell you that. Mm. Because 180,000 people. If, uh, if, if are gone today because of it. 
if, if not more. But pops, we can just explain all that away based on demographics, you know. Yeah. We can just yeah. talk about well, they were old. I know. You know they were. They, we they, they were my away. age, so they. Yeah. Well, look, <laughs> I know no I know deal. two people in our area in the last little bit that have passed away from this stuff. Yeah. Okay. That are my age. Oh right? yeah, I know. I know. So, uh, it can happen. A five and yeah. a seven year old would pass from it too, you know. Yeah. So. So, so it, Pops, uh, it is high school football season, and yeah. uh, we're excited about it up here. But uh, I wanted to ask you, the best high school football game you ever saw, what would that be? Best high it school was, football it, game you ever well, saw? Well, you know, the best high school game I ever saw was Bowles and Marist in Atlanta back in the day. Mm, mm-hmm. But But I'm telling you, three years ago, I watched Robert E. Lee, of Jacksonville and uh, Barton Trail, yeah. and that Joey that, Gatewood. What Joey Gatewood? In Joey that game Gatewood Trail, was the guy. Auburn. Yeah, yeah. And now at Kentucky, yeah, he, he was the Kentucky. Thing. Hey, but I'm telling you, the final score was 62 to 59 in regulation. Wow. There was no overtime. Wow. He won that game. It was amazing. I know it sounds like a free for all offense, but these teams they were they were hitting quarterbacks were getting ripped and i mean it was it was a, a blood fest but uh-huh. nobody could stop the other and it was it to the very end it was a great ball game we saw some good football games back in the day involving your alma mater robert e lee down there we yeah. saw emmett smith and yep. pensacola scambia back in the mid 80s went in overtime the there in the backyard there. yeah and uh, we went to Florida Field back around 80 and saw Gainesville High, I believe it was, beat Lee in an overtime game down there. Yep, I remember that. Uh, uh, Troy Lamb was there that game. Uh-huh. Remember yeah. that? He was sitting yeah, there. He went down there for the game, too. We sat in the end zone there at Florida Field yeah. back in the yeah. olden days, back when they had artificial turf and everything. Oh, yeah. Well, Mullen, Mullen says the Gators are ready. You know. He says he's he's ready, Pop. Ready? I don't know what the world. Well, I'm yeah. glad they are because I, <laughs> I, I I'm not. I mean, I'm ready for football, but I'm not ready. You know what I mean? It's just hard to it's get my soul. head wrapped. Yeah. I'm not as Pop's fired not up soul. as I normally am. This well, time you will be when it gets here. You know. All right, pops. Well, have a good weekend. Have a good lunch. Yeah, we'll talk to y'all later. There he goes. I'm sure he's having that tomato sandwich again on this Friday. That does it for Pops. That does it for Southern Fried Sports on a Friday. Thanks to Pops. Thanks to Charlie Potter. Thanks to Joe Gaither and crew for producing the program. The Lunch Whistle today, Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Get by there right now for an outstanding lunch. Get that chopped wedge salad. Get some grilled chicken on there. It's got that homemade biscuit croutons that are going to go on top, that thick-cut Smoked bacon, oof, good, good stuff there at Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Until 11 a.m. on Monday, have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you.